Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this service. And uh, last week we talked about faith. And uh, our faith must work. Our faith must bring about changes, transformation in our life. Our, work, our faith must bring about what God has promised uh, to us. So, uh, the Bible tells us that God wants us to participate in His divine nature through our knowledge of Him, through our faith in Him. He wants to uh, release His power to work in us so that these things become a reality. We can live out the life that He wants us to live. So that is the power of faith. We become effective and productive. And we learn that there's such a thing called useless faith. You know, we just believe, but there's no action. There's no fruits. So that kind of faith is useless. So we want to continue to look into useless faith so that we can look at it on the flip side and know what useful faith will do for us. So tonight we want to once again look at James 2 verse 19 and 20 to remind ourselves what the Bible says. It says, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and should so James was being sarcastic because there are so many Christians who claim that they believe in God, but yet their life, the fruits of their life, doesn't reflect their faith. So James is being, apostles is being sarcastic and say, oh, you believe? Well, that's good. But do you know Satan also believes? But he has more, well, he's, he is more he believes more than you because you don't care about God, but he cares. He's frightened. And verse 20 says, You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? You know, so if we really believe it doesn't matter, oh, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven, it's okay. Well, you foolish man, if you do not have Fruits that is in line with your repentance, in line with your faith, then you've got to be concerned. Okay? You've got to be concerned because faith without deeds is useless. It's just as if you don't have faith. Okay? So this is what the Bible teaches. So we want to look into useless faith, continue to look into useless faith, so that we learn what is useful faith. So useless faith has no control over the tongue, over what they say. Today, this is not just what the words that we speak, but the messages that you share on social media to one another. Okay, if you have no control over what you share, you just want to share this, whatever you discover, 
those very sensational news, whether it's true or not, you don't know. So if you, if you are that kind of people, just, just keep going around and sharing all this negative stuff, it says your faith is useless. Your faith is useless. Okay, so let's look at James 1, verse 26. If anyone consider himself religious and yet does not keep a tight ring on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. So there you are, right? If we do not control our tongue or do not know how to control our tongue, then our faith is useless. We do not know how to control what we share. And uh, so, because what we share, what we speak, is a reflection of the heart condition, the, the, the condition of the inner man that is inside us. So if, we, if all we share is bad news and negative news and, and, and things like that, then it shows that this is the, our heart's condition. Yes, you may have faith, but your faith is so little, it doesn't bring change and transformation to your inner man. Or it doesn't bring change to your world. So that's why you share all these things. Your delights in all these things. So some people, they just full of worries and complaint and accusations, slander and, you know, all negative things. Matthew 12, verse 35 said, A good man brings good things out of the good store up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil store up in him. So there you are. What you share is a reflection of what's inside. So have a look at what you share and uh, learn what's, what's the condition of your heart and your faith, whether it's a useless faith or it's a faith from God that will bring about change and hope and life and strength. And we've got to understand that every word that we speak, everything that we share, we've got to be accountable to God. Matthew 12, 36, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. But by your words you will be acquitted or by your words you will be condemned. So there you are. We are responsible. God wants us to share what is good. Share the good news. Share what will edify, what will build us up and not those negative things. You know, sometimes, well, you can't help it in this day and age. You come across this type of news. There's no need for you to go inside and, and read all about what's happening because it's negative news. So just ignore it. Don't fill yourself with all these kind, of uh, kind of negative things so that your spirit man is being dampened, is, is being 
oppressed, or, or rather you, you, you don't have positive things to say. In Philippians, the book of Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So fill your mind, your heart with what is good, what is uplifting, what is praiseworthy. What is excellent? Fill your hearts with all these things. Because when you fill yourself with this thing, you will speak it. It will come forth. But if you keep feeding yourself with all the wrong stuff, what's come out will be all this other stuff. Right? So if our faith is useful, if our religion is, use, is, 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 is useful, we know how to control our tongue. We know how to control the things that we share, the words that we share. So that's the first thing. Useless faith, they have no control. They just blur whatever that is there. Okay, number two. Useless faith does not practice thankfulness. It does not practice thankfulness. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5 verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion or their faith into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So you see, a religion that God is pleased, you practice thankfulness. You practice, you know your roots. You know where you come from. You know your parents have been taking care of you. So now that they are growing old or maybe they have needs, we got to take care of them. Right? We got to look after them. So this is putting our religion into practice. We know how to, the word of God say, repay repay their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So we, we need to know how to honor those who have been contributing into our life, been a blessing, right? Repaying them by taking care of them and taking care of their needs. So this is faith that is useful rather than useless faith that, that do not know how to be thankful. You know, our, our worship is the same thing, isn't it? Because God is so good. God, what God has done for us. So we are so thankful to Him. We worship Him. We honor Him. We give to His kingdom because God is so good. So that is practicing our thankfulness. And that's what faith and what religion is about. So it started for in a, in a practical side. It started in our home. Towards those who have ministered to us 
uh, been a blessing to us, our, our parents and others. Okay, and then what about our spiritual home? We also need to practice thankfulness in our spiritual home, in the church. Look at what is said in 1 Timothy 5, verse 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. So God placed tremendous importance upon those who have been taking care of his house, taking care of the church, the affairs of the church. And he said, these people, they deserve double honour. So we know to take good care of the church is no easy task, especially in this day and age, especially in this kind of our church, because we are into so many different kinds of ministry. You know, there's social work, there's education, there's the spiritual aspect, and, you know, the, the, the church ministry is so diverse, which is right, which is, it should be so, because we're talking about the kingdom of God. And so to take care of the administration, the running of the church well, he said the elders deserve double honour. So we got to appreciate and honour those who have really helped the church in all these different practical areas of ministry and to know how to honour these people. And the Bible says double honour. That's how much God plays the importance of this. And so we need to, we need to realise this. And then it goes on to say, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Because our welfare depends on the spiritual food that we are being fed. And there are people who just preach what is obvious, but there are those who preach with revelation. They know the minds and the heart of God. They're able to, to look into this thing and, sh and bring it to us. And the Bible says, hey, we got to show these people not just double honour, especially these people. So when you talk about your church, can you talk about your pastor or those who serve in the church? What is your, what comes out of your mouth? If you are saying, oh, my pastor, you know, he's like this, then your faith is useless. Your religion is useless because you don't practice thankfulness. You, you do not honour. Unless, well, they are really like that. Even then, you got no right. You, you shouldn't be talking like this if your faith is useful. Right? So we got to apply this practically into our life. It begins at a home, spiritual home. You know, we honour those who have given themselves to run the affairs of the church. And so we must be thankful for all the staff those, well, who sacrifice, who, who runs the church, who minister, who, who take care of the affairs of the church and show them honour 
and know how to practice thankfulness. Some people, they, they do not know where they come from. They do not know their roots. They just forget about everything. They just look at themselves. And so their religion, their faith is useless. Okay, and then the third thing, useless faith. People with useless faith, they do not have the heart of the Father, God the Father, in them. Okay, because when we have the heart of the Father, God the Father, we know how to take care of those who are needy. Look at uh, James 1, verse 27. James 1, verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So God's heart is for the needy. And that's why he looked upon us and he saved us because we are needy. We are sinful. And he showed his kindness, his love, compassion towards us by sending his son. And so this is the heart of God. God wants us, those who have faith in him, to have his divine nature. To have the same heart, to feel for these who are needy and to know how to minister to them. Because God depends on us as his hands and his feet. And so we must have the heart, his heart for the needy so that we can do what he would wants us to do. And so we are not to be polluted by the word, the values of the word. We know, you know, some people say, hey, this word is very real. When you've got money, people are your friend. If you have no money, people don't care about you. That's the values of the word. But God wants us to have the heart of the Father, the values of the Father. When we look at each life, we look at, we see his image, we see the values of God in them that we want to minister to their needs. I know many times we are deceived and we are let down by some of these who come for help. But we've got to protect our hearts and not be hardened so that we continue to minister, yeah, but maybe with better insight, and wisdom to know how to minister to those who are in needs. And uh, Psalm 68, verse 4 to 6, tells us about the heart of God. It says, sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoner with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scourged land. So we see God's heart for those who are needy, for those who are lonely, for those who are in prison, and so on. And... Uh, for our faith to be useful, then we have to have the heart of God 
so that we know how to minister to those whom God cares about, whom God concerns about. And uh, he said those who are rebellious, that means those who know what they should do, but they just do not want to. You see, so our faith becomes useless. They just do not want to. They end up in a sun-scorched land, a place of torment. But those who minister to the needy, they are in the house of God. They are rejoicing. They are worshipping. That's where God is. That's where He will be. Comforting, ministering to those who have needs. And so we, our faith got to be use of faith. We've got to have the heart of the Father so that we know how to minister to those who are in need. And finally, useless faith does not last through testing time. Useless faith does not last through testing time. You know, as a pastor, we see people at one time who are so seemingly so vibrant, for fire, wow, talk about God and church and praise and so on, and willing to, to serve. But later on, they disappear. Some even left the church. You see, that's useless faith. Because useful faith will be able to stand the test of time and continue to hold on to their conviction. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 2. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. If you do not hold firmly to what you have received, you believe in vain. It's as if you, well, your faith is useless. So we got to hold on. If our faith is useful, we can stand the test of time. We can stand difficult times, challenging times, painful times. Because our faith is useful. But if your faith is useless, you disappear, you run away. It's not how well we have started. But we need to continue and we need to end well. We need to hold on to the truth. Matthew 10, verse 22. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Oh, you're saying, no, I didn't leave the Lord. I just left the cell group. I just left the church. I just left. I just go to another place. Yes. Is that what God asked you to do? If that is not what God asks you to do, your faith is useless. Because your faith did not stand the test of time. Unless God has asked you to do that. But you, I still worship the Lord. Yes, you still. But your faith is useless. Because your faith has not stand the test of time. Hebrews 3 Verse 12 to 14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. 
but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So you see, sin can be deceitful. Sin hardens our hearts so that we can, well, deceive ourselves and say, yeah, no, I didn't leave the Lord. But your faith and tested, did it result in good? Does it, does it change your life? Does it change your behavior? So that you overcome, so that you're transformed because of the power, because of the nature of Christ in you. If not, it's a useless faith. See, we can deceive ourselves. It says those who share in Christ are the ones who hold on to their original conviction firmly to the very end. You see, some people, they talk oh, so good about church, but then later on they leave because they did not hold firmly to their conviction. But those who hold firmly, they are brought into the body. They share Christ together. They encourage one another. In fact, daily, they encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, or rather, as long as they have opportunity, they, they encourage one another daily so that their heart are not hardened, their heart are not deceived. Is there are people who, who do things at the back. You know, they, 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 their heart are being deceived. Because they are not bringing it to the open. They are not bringing it to, to the people that they are with. So that they can be encouraged. And they can be spurred to, to, to move on and, and to overcome, to, to face the difficulties and, and be able to, to fight and come out stronger, come out purer, come out more mature. That's what useful faith will do for us. Because we stay in fellowship and, and we encourage one another daily. That's how we share in Christ. Right? So, I see people who do not hold on. Even though they may say they, they still love God and they continue, they, but is your faith useful? Or is it useless when you face testing time? Okay, so this, this evening we, we learn the different aspect that our faith becomes useless when we do not control our tongue, when we uh, do not practice thankfulness, when we do not have the heart of the Father when we do not stand the test of time, uh, uh, the, 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 stand, yeah, the test of time, and we just fall away. All these are indications that our faith is not useful, it's useless. And we must 
hold on. We must stand firm. We must stay together, being encouraged, being ministered to, so that our faith will continue to be a useful faith that will bring about result, that will bring about fruits, and glory and honor to God. So I trust. These words will challenge you to look into your life, to see whether your faith is useful or useless faith. And let's be people who are found with useful faith that really enters into what God has promised us and bring glory and honor to His name. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. Lord, that you are working in our life, because you want to see fruits in our life. You want to see faith in action in our life that will bring about good, that will bring about fruits. And Lord, we pray for everyone who listen to this word, that your word will be a double-edged sword that will pierce right in, so that we can search our hearts and know what's inside. Lord, we pray that. Everyone, our hearts will be filled with what is good, what is what is praiseworthy, so that we can share what is honorable to you, O God. In the name of Jesus, may the words that we share, may the messages that we share, brings about life, brings about faith. And Lord, we pray that we will know your heart. We know how to minister to those who are in need, O God. We'll know how to be thankful to those, and honor those who have really bring blessing to your church and in the preaching of your words of God. Lord, we 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 look to you. We pray for them, O God. We pray that they will be encouraged because we know how to be thankful. We pray. For those who are going through testing time, that their faith will be useful faith. They will stand the test of time. They will know how to hold on, and be at the place where God has placed them, so that they will be transformed in their life, in their inner man, to be like you, to bring glory and honor to you. We thank you, Lord. Bless your people. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so. Uh, that's the end of the message. May the Lord bless you. We'll see you again next week. Amen. <laughs>